When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Hello and welcome to the 1865 Premier League podcast. It's Stephen here and I've got Adam, the cycling defender, with me. And we're looking at Forest's Premier League fixtures for the forthcoming season, now that they've been announced. These fixtures marking Forest's return to the top flight after 23 years all the excitement, all the build-up, and now we've got the fixtures in place and ready to look forward to for that first weekend in August. So it's Newcastle away on the opening day, and that's followed by Forest's first home game back as a top-flight club against West Ham United. And then the rest of August is made up of a trip to Everton, a game against Spurs at home, and then a trip to the champions, Manchester City. Adam, what was going through your mind when you saw those fixtures announced? Um, I think it's obviously it's really cliche to just say you've got to play everyone anyway. So, but I think I would have loved to have been at home first game. I think that whoever we play in the first home game of the season is always going to be difficult for them because you know we had such a good home record and the place would be absolutely rocking. I mean, like before like the Sheffield United game was was loud it, it will be loud when we play West Ham but yeah look Newcastle's a tough game away first game I mean you know it's a really tough month as a whole I mean you've got Newcastle that you know they're going to spend a, a big amount this summer they're expecting big things um, and then you've got West Ham who obviously were you know qualified for Europe last year went deep into the Europa League Everton who you know obviously they still might lose a few players but I, I do think they'll be better this year um, and then we've got Spurs and City. I mean, Spurs look like they could, you know, they could really, really challenge for sort of, you know, third this year and maybe sort of get within 10 points of City and Liverpool and obviously City away at the end of the month. So look, it's a really tough start, but I think I would almost rather have a tough start anyway, um, see what we're made of and just see where we're at and see how far we've progressed, really. 
it's a run of fixtures, isn't it, that suddenly makes you think Forest are back and they're back in the big time. When you go into 50,000 people at Newcastle on opening day and then the likes of Everton, Spurs, Man City coming up as well and obviously West Ham in that first home game, it's a, it's a re- collection of teams that really make you feel like you are back in the Premier League. And without giving away too much about both of our ages, it'll be the first time that you've seen a Premier League fixture list with Forrest's name on it. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously relegated the year after I was born. So it's, um, it's special. Like the whole thing's special. Um, I think even going back to sort of, you know, Wembley, fi- final whistle, blow, like, you know, I, I just turn around, hug my dad and, you know, we just both burst tears. And honestly, it's the, that outpour of emotion that came with the whole, that and um, the fixtures coming out did make it feel real. And it still still hasn't fully sunk in, even though we're nearly a month on from the playoff final. It's still not fully sunk in. But I think when we sat there, um, especially at the city ground, watching Forest play Premier League football, it's just, it's going to be special. The whole season will be special, whatever happens. But I just, it's just going to be the longest summer of my life now, isn't it? <laughs> we're just waiting now aren't we just can we br- bring the fixtures on and let's just get going looking a bit more now at the season as a whole are there any any months that stand out to you either for good reasons or perhaps not so good reasons I think it's difficult this year because we enter the Premier League in a um, quite a unique year with the World Cup break um, halfway through the season which might benefit as it might not you look at September um obviously Bournemouth, Leeds and Fulham and think, especially where Leeds were last season and the obviously the two other newly promoted sides, you would think that that's an opportunity to pick up points. Um, and then obviously November, we yeah, obviously October, we've got a mixed month. And then um, I think I focus on November because those two games before the World Cup break will be really, really important. Um, they're both at home which is, it's really big. That is Brentford and Palace at home. Yeah. We could definitely get points off them too. So I think after the first month, we've, we, we really can pick up points in the next couple of months. And obviously December, we've got, what we've got in December, two games, <laughs> United and Chelsea, Man, yeah. is it? Boxing day away at Man United and then Chelsea at home on New Year's Eve. So that's quite a return from the World Cup. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that United and Chelsea players, a lot of them go deep into the tournament and perhaps we can then catch them cold when we return. But yeah, I think going up to Man United at Christmas, that's going to be a special away day for the fans that, that do go up to, to Old Trafford. Looking also at September, it's, it's strange looking at Bournemouth and Fulham because last season they were two of our most difficult fixtures. This time around, we're looking at them as perhaps two of our most easiest and opportunities where we can really pick up some points. Yeah, I think, I think it I think it also depends on how well those two clubs strengthen. I mean, we, we know that last time Fulham were in the league, they spent an awful lot of money and it, it didn't work. And I, I do believe that where possible, you try and stick with the players that got you up um, and add some key players around them. Players that Bournemouth are linked with, I'm not convinced so far by their transfer dealings. I'm not overly convinced by Scott Parker as a manager. I, I don't think he's a better manager than Cooper. So I think they'll really, really struggle this year. I think that Fulham might do a little bit better. They're linked with some really good players. I think Marcus Silva's a brilliant manager. But 
I would expect Fulham and Bournemouth to probably be in the bottom three this next season. It might sound like sour grapes, especially towards Bournemouth after what happened last season. But mm-hmm. I, I can't. I think them two will be really fighting relegation, and I think we've got to get points off them. And then when you come into October, you mentioned there that the run that that we do have. So it starts with Leicester away, then it's Villa at home, two away games on the spin at Wolves and Brighton. Home game against Liverpool, which after the FA Cup match last season, I think we'll all be looking forward to that one. And then it ends with a trip to Arsenal. That's probably one of the trickiest months that we've got. There's an opportunity to pick up points, but there's also some really tough matches in there. And it's those those um, kind of months where you hope we don't end up on a bad run of form where it's five, six defeats in a row and suddenly you're, you're playing catch up a bit. Yeah, I mean, we know that Leicester will be better this season. You know, they had a massive, they didn't have the best season last year and I think they'll definitely be better this year. Um, I think Wolves over overperformed for a lot of last season, but they did tail off. Um, Brighton, I think, is a game that we really should be focused on. Graham Potter is a fantastic manager, but, you know, what they do lack probably is they do rec- lack a recognised goal scorer. They've just lost Eves Pesuma as well. So, you know, there's some tough games in there. Obviously, Villa... I think personally Villa will be challenging for Europa League this season. I think that's definitely what their goal is going to be. You know, Liverpool and Arsenal, I mean, like, you know, we're going to struggle. Of course we are. But our season won't be defined on Liverpool, Arsenal, Man United, Chelsea. It's not going to be defined on those games. You know, we're not expected to pick up many points from those teams. It's going to, it's going to be defined on beating teams like um, potentially Wolves, Brighton in that month. That That's where your season's going to be defined on, really. And what games are you looking forward to the most now that we're back in the Premier League? I think for me, to be honest, um, I've, I've, Leicester obviously is a big one, you, you know, and although the, it's not Derby um, or Southampton, it's um, <laughs> it's um, it, 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 it will be heated. It, it will be enjoyable to have that game. I've been there a couple of times, actually. I haven't seen us lose there yet away. Yeah, that was in the Championship, but... Obviously, big guns, you know, Liverpool. Um, I'm really looking forward to Tottenham. Um, I went there for the NFL and it's just a terrific ground. Um, so, yeah, look, I'm just looking forward to taking a lot of new grounds off my list, to be honest, and um, just enjoying being back in the big time and going to these big clubs and, you know, hopefully spoiling the party a little bit. And you won't be the only one, I'm sure. Um as we come towards the back end of the season, April, May, you've got games against Man United at home, Liverpool away, which will be a big trip for a lot of fans. But in May, the final four fixtures read Southampton at home, Chelsea away, Arsenal at home, and then Crystal Palace away. Now, Palace is a fantastic away day and that would be a brilliant end to the season. And hopefully Forrest are not going to Selhurst Park needing points to secure Premier League status. Hopefully it's all wrapped up by that point. But um, yeah, those those final two two months of the season that could be challenging as well, do you think? Yeah, and the, obviously the Premier League season goes a lot deeper into May um, and especially because of the World Cup and that sort of stuff, it's going to go a little bit deeper. And um, you're, you're playing, you know, Chelsea and Arsenal in that time, obviously Man United, you know, Liverpool on 22nd of April, 
you don't want these games. You don't want to be sweating on in in these games. You know, you don't you don't want to be playing that Palace game because Palace are a good side and Patrick Vieira is a really good manager for playing some good progressive football. They're really enjoyable to watch as a team. Um, you know, they're going to be no mugs this year. Um, they're a good side, so I don't I don't want to be at Salas sweating and hoping that we're, we're staying up. I think that. I'm probably quietly confident and maybe slightly more confident than some Forest fans that I don't think we'll be dragged into a relegation battle. I think we might do a little bit what Brentford did last year, sort of 15, 16th, but with a good points buffer. I think we can achieve that and I'm hoping that we do in this. Those last couple of tough games don't really come into it. Yeah, and hopefully we can just enjoy those final few games and and, and almost treat it as a, a warm-up for the following season. I think that would be... That would be the ideal scenario for Forrest. This episode is made possible by PwC. When unprecedented times are all the time, it's time to start walking the talk. Leaders like you turn to PwC to see and stay ahead. Upskill your workforce, use intelligent automation, and transform big ideas into breakthrough outcomes. Explore the human-led, tech-powered solutions that help you thrive. It's all part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Before we wrap up, Adam, we'll, I'll uh, ask you a little bit about the transfer dealings or more so rumours as they are at the moment with Forrest. Plenty going on and I think you can see now that difference between being a championship club and a Premier League club. There's suddenly more spotlight and more focus on your team and your transfer dealings. Some of the big ones to, to touch upon quickly that look to be more concrete. So the future of Bryce Samba for one, it looks like he's on his way out and potentially Dean Henderson's coming in from Manchester United on loan with a view to a permanent move at the end of that loan. Where do you, where do you stand on that one to begin with? Um, I think it's tough. I think it's probably tough because um, Bryce Sandberg, obviously not making any secret for me, is my favourite Forest player. Um, this scenario is probably one that none of us expected, obviously. You know, we, his heroics in the their playoff semi-final and, you know, he's he's just, he's, I think he's one of the best goalkeepers in the Championship last year and the thought of him not playing for us in the Premier League is just, it's a hurtful one. It's probably a a, salute, a problem that we didn't think we'd have to solve but we'll never know the real reason you know there's fans speculating to why he's leaving that sort of stuff we'll never know the real reason and I think that I don't I wouldn't like to see fans turn on Samba I think that what he's achieved for the club he, he goes down as a, a legend in my eyes for for what he's done just last season he's a massive integral part of us getting into the Premier League so I wish him all the best if he does leave Um but it's one of those. Whereas Henderson, Henderson's played for England. Um, you know, he certainly thinks that he can get into the, the World Cup squad. Um, especially when for me, you know, from what I've seen of Henderson and Pickford and Ramsdale, whatever, I don't think Henderson's a worse goalkeeper than Pickford or even or even Ramsdale. I think he just needs a run of games. I think he needs to be the number one at a club. And if he gets that for us, which he will if Samba leaves, then I think he really, really could be a brilliant signing for us, you know, alone. But then the option to buy it about £20 million, it's 
you're not using this year's kitty transfer key, but then you're also only paying 20 million next summer if we stay up. And I think these are these top goalkeepers. So I'm really happy for the player that we're bringing in, but I'd just be absolutely gutted to see Sam believe, to be honest. Yeah, when he's been such a big character and, and so integral to getting Forrest into this position in the first place, it it is it, it is sad to potentially see it end the way it does. But football being football, it looks like the club have uh, they've identified Henderson, who could be potentially a very shrewd signing in on the terms that it looks like it's been agreed. Up front, it it appears as well Forrester moving closer at the time of recording to agreeing a deal for Taiwo Awani, the Union Berlin striker, formerly of Liverpool. So he would actually be making a return to English football. From from what you know of him, what do you think to his potential arrival? Yeah, I mean, I've got one of my closest friends to the Liverpool fan. He says that the reason that Liverpool sold him was because he couldn't get a work permit in England's play for Liverpool. So wasn't sold because he wasn't good enough or anything like that. And you know, in the Bundesliga last year, he got 15 goals. He scored 20 goals in all competition, um, scoring in Europe. He scored away at Feyenoord in the Conference League. Um, you know, he does remind me of a slight, like a, a Keenan Davis type build. Um, he's big, he's big, strong lad, knows where the net is. And I think that it'd be a really good signing. And, and realistically, he's young. He's got a lot of progression to be made. And, you know, it, the fee's right. And I think that one thing that I think we're focusing on this year, based on the players we're linked with and the fees that are sort of, you know, branded around, especially by Percy of the Athletic, is that £17.5 million is his release clause. And that, that could be a bargain. You know, if he gets 10, 10 even 10 to, 10 to 12, 10 to 13 goals in the Premier League, and that's the difference for us staying up, then it could be an absolute bargain. And I, I would really love us to get him. So potentially a positive move there with our knee. Also, it appears coming in from the Bundesliga is centre-back Musa Niakati from Mainz. Now, he looks like quite a powerful, pacey centre-back with, with a good presence on him as well. Now, given how strong Forrest's defence was last season coming out of the Championship, where do you see him fitting in and what kind of role he might play at Forest? Yeah, it's, it's a tough one. I mean, he's got really good underlying numbers from the um, the Bundesliga. You know, he's got really good tackle and interception numbers. He is very quick. Um, very modern-day centre-back. Can play out from the back. Good recovery pace as well, which is always important. Um, I think that we have to be careful, be careful with centre-back options. Um you know, this it's all rumours, but obviously rumours that Brandon's around that, you know, Mbeso and Panzo may leave on loan, um, which, you know, your cover is definitely not, you know, sufficient then. So we do need to make some centre-back uh, signings. And realistically, I don't think Steve Cook could probably play a full 38-game season. Um, it'd be a massive experience. It'd be massive in the changing room, if, if nothing else as well. And I still expect him to probably make 15, 20 appearances maybe. But um, I think you bring in bringing in a new centre-back for the, the the purpose that he adds quality. Um, he's played over 120 games or something like that in the Bundesliga in the top flight. You know, it's valuable experience in, uh, with top flight football. I think that's that's vital for us. So you can't you can't go through the whole season only having three centre-backs in it, being that rigid. You need to have that flexibility. 
But certainly the players that Forest have been linked with so far are very promising. They, they, they fit that younger profile of players with plenty of room for improvement and the, a real excitement as well, a mix of proven players, but also young enough to grow and develop and, and potentially be great investments for Forest going forward. And that's before you get to other names such as Nico Williams and Morgan Gibbs-White, who have also been linked with the club this summer already. So plenty to look forward to, feel positive about, it seems, in the transfer window, on top of the fixtures now being released. We'll leave it there. Adam, thank you for joining us. And we will speak to you, I'm sure, once the, the Premier League's underway. Yeah, amazing, mate. Thank you for having me. Look forward to it. Podcast Network. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.